Good morning. You have a handout on the Stender and uploaded from last week. You're looking for it. Last week, the Ziknek Gilad went all the way to Eretz Taif to go retrieve Yiftach and his battalion, not an official one yet, and ask him to assume the mantleship of, well, started with leadership in the army as the commander-in-chief, and as we said last week, it seems to be that after he Asked them why they came. They threw him out. If I'm a mom's there, or maybe I have no yichus, I can't be general, I can't be leader. And they said, no, we made a mistake, and that's why we're coming to get you, despite the busyness and the fact that we had to schlep the chuslaris to do this. But we have a pending war, and we need to do this right now. And Yiftach repeats now in Pasuk Tess, Perik Yedal Pasuk Tess, he repeats the offer which he raised and they're going to accept. There's going to be a big shayla here and debate, and apparently it's even part of the machlekes, Pinchas, and Yiftach, which we'll get to in a few weeks from now. Got to keep all this in mind. It wasn't pushed that he should be shayfit. If he is, over whom? Tunash Fratim over here, Klai Yisrael over here and over there. That wasn't the original offer. He clearly raised it. They clearly accepted something more than just general. But that's going to play a role. And even if he is a shefet, keep in mind, as we're going to be maramis to and covered today already, Chazal point out that the statement, Yiftuch Bedeira Kishmul Bedeira, is going to be a story of contrast and comparisons. Shadlis and more contrast and more comparisons. So the Gemara we're about to see is going to make the point that you've got to follow the leader and you've got to listen to him, and especially he's trying to run an army and he's trying to fend off the attack and you've got to listen to him. That's true of a general, even if he's not a shefid. Unless there's somebody on top of him countermanding that. And the question is not going to be should you follow him in error because the Afila Yeminshu Small, which you covered in this year on various occasions, does not mean you follow authority in error if they're clearly wrong. The question is, me Baresh in terms of passing in the Shaila. So who's Baresh in terms of passing in the Shaila even when David Melch is king, the Sanhedrin? And Shlomo Melch, Sanhedrin. Why don't they tell Shlomo Melch he was in violation of the Yabel Anoshim? I am sure he gave a shear with piercing logic, a whole shear clearly, to explain why we pass like Rab Shimon and I'm passing like Rab Shimon. Shimon didn't say it yet, but with Darish time in the Quran. And there are various explanations. It was historically, it turned out to be incorrect, but it's not such a chiddish. The Sanjin might agree with that. Over here, we start off, there's a Canaan held that he's not right to have the Yerusha. 
either Pishnayim, he's not the Bechar, he's not Yerish at all, and he was uncomfortable, and they asked him to leave, or he left because he's uncomfortable, it's not clear, but they clearly, Paskin over here, there's a Shiloh, whether he was a son, which is why the Pasuk weighs in that he was his son, but his brothers weren't convinced, and the Zakanim weren't convinced. So if we know that's an error, you don't follow authority in error. 99.999% of the time, the people don't want to follow say, at this time it's a mistake. That's when you have to follow. It's only where it's very obvious. Everybody always thinks it's very obvious when they think it's a mistake. That's the, that's the challenge. Part of the issue and the troubles we're going to have at the end, first five, six weeks, we're going to have nothing but Nachas come out because he's going to fight a battle and win and defend his country and it's going to be Gavaldic. Uh, the problems that come up later and when things uh, unravel a bit, that's when you need the information I'm giving you now, which I'll repeat then, that not so pushed what his position was, and it's pretty clear that Pinchas, who's the ranking Gadladar, and really the Reish Sanhedrin, with the acting Reish Sanhedrin, or just the Das Territ consult, didn't agree in, you'd say, a small way, because what's enough Gemina, it ends up being a big way. I'm just planting seeds here. So just, uh, everybody has a good memory. So we'll keep all this in mind. But with this, make a dig in the Pasuk and test, Yiftach repeats it and adds things. No taina at this point. You're pointing me as commander-in-chief. I'm going to go fight. I'm willing to do it. I'm happy to do it if I could be of help. If I win, that's already interesting. He ups the ante, but he admits if I can't even accomplish step one, I'm going to ask him to be your leader ongoing. So he's an anov, and that's great. That's why he's becoming leader, and that's why he's a tzaddik, and that's why Hashem's going to give us the Atashmaya. I want to point out more positive than the negative that's coming. So he says, only after, if that's all successful, it's going to take a nace. They, they're outnumbered and outgunned severely, and the reason they're being attacked in the first place is they have to do tshuva, and he's got to put all that together. And you need tzitkus, you need bitachon, which is going to show over here. If I do all that, then then I want to be the rosh. The rosh of what? In peacetime, you don't need a general. I mean, you have a sitting general, but he means rosh as in rosh. Rosh of two and a half rosh of Klai Yisrael. That's going to be the debatable point. He goes down in history, by the way, on the list, and he's on everybody's list. He's the next Shafit. So it sounds like it's on all of Klai Yisrael. And he doesn't have to be the Rosh Sanhedrin for that. Necessarily. It's a Milo, but not necessarily. They said, yes, we agree. Signing on the dotted line. And Hashem is our witness, and that's the way it's going to be. Just go win the war first. People agree. They're meeting in Mitzvah to Davin and to say to Hillam and to get together and organize the war effort. And that's the great assembly, and he's going to speak to the people. But first and foremost, as the Pasuk says, he's very firm, big tzaddik. He's going to 
say it in a place where he feels the people listening that they're bound by it and then he's going to put in his own tefillahs and then he's going to start the negotiations. And Rashi says, it's called Dvarv HaTanai Shebenehem, which he's taking seriously and so are they. He's careful to make sure they understand it's Lefnei Hashem, the mitzvah. This is not a deal you can break. This is Alpidin. We're all agreeing that Hashem is uh, hopefully maskim. People think I planned this for the last week and this week. All this is going to sound eerily familiar. Again, the backdrop over here is Amon comes with 190,000 troops. And people in 50 years from now, when they hear this, you're going to wonder, where did I pick that number out of the hat? Um, wasn't difficult, unfortunately. And they're a very menacing force, and they mean business, and they've been there for a while. That's what's ironic over here. This is going on since last Peric. So some of Hashem say, uh, once we mobilized, they fell back a little bit. They fell back a little bit, but they, they weren't going anywhere, and he knew that. And they're extremely concerned that they're going to be attacked. And the concern is not unfounded. And I'm not comparing various countries with the Hale Gudin here and Hayasol trying to defend Eric Disrol. Don't don't the analogy is not that, it's just that it means a lot more to us when you can picture the scene. So unfortunately you can picture the scene. Yes? Is it a deal to say that That's part of the negotiation. Yes, Katsin originally meant just commander in chief. Right. Katsin is an officer. So, yes, yes. And he keeps putting in LaRoche and then he puts him in favor. After I come back, he's willing not to, if I don't pull this off, then I don't deserve it. Or they said Katsin, he's adds in first, Roish and Katsin. <laughs> it's part of the bit. It's not coming from Gaiva. He just, he was thrown out. So he says, if I'm, I'm surprised you're asking me, because if I'm not good enough, uh, my yichas barely makes me not even know whose child I am, so why should I be even general? And he says, if we're doing this already, I'm putting my life on the line, then I think I have the capabilities to organize the country, and we should have better defenses ongoing, and I should run the whole country. He's still not asking to paskin the shailas, even though the one big shaila is going to come up, he is going to paskin, or paskin by default, and that's going to be a big... A big issue. That's why you have to understand the nuances. You read this, this is one of the most difficult. Uh, the first part's exhilarating. He's going to win a battle and he, uh, you see a tzaddik and basic amuna and how far it gets you. The part afterwards, unless you learn it very slowly with all the chazals deeply, it's so bewildering. And shreftim is not easy in general. But this is, the second part's going to be one of the most difficult. And we're going to take the time to explain as, as best we can. But where this is coming from, it's all coming from a good place, and it's real sitkus. Sitkus is not tempered with either the knowledge that you have to deal with a shaila or the ability to go ask. It could be dangerous, and that's going to be part of the issue. But we don't have that issue yet. So what does he first do? So the troops are standing at the border, and they left, but they're back, and now he is charged with leading them to battle, first thing you do before you go into battle, if you have time, is you start sending diplomatic messages and uh, messengers 
and open up a dialogue. And the first question, I said, the eerily is going to sound familiar. Uh, he's going to send the first message, why are you amassing 190,000 troops here and why are you attacking us? What do you want? That's a fair question. The answer is going to sound familiar also. You're wondering, like, since this battle and then 500 in between to the present day, literally, it doesn't seem to work. So why do they do it? It's a pussing chumish, b'shalom. You got to sue for peace, you got to ask for peace, you got to try to talk it out. And there's an, an august body of um, diplomats sitting in some building in Manhattan. They get past it on the FDR Drive. Um, for those of you who are new here on Earth, that's been there for a while, in case you just landed. And you drive by all the time, kind of wonder, what is it doing there? So unfortunately, the good news, which I always like to start off with first, it's a great idea. Why have world wars and many wars if we could just talk? This really brings this into focus, both... What we're learning over here in La Havdil and what's going on is, is why don't you just discuss it and we'll just settle it and we'll figure it out and have committees and security councils and we'll invite all the good guys on the security councils and we can figure it out. So it's a great idea. And the Pasuk says that Yiftach is doing the right thing. Before you start shooting, why don't you ask him what he's all about? Maybe we could settle this. And there's not going to be a short discussion. That's going to be so uh, fascinating over here. He's really going to try. And he really doesn't understand. What's your problem? What are you doing here with all these troops and why are you invading? What you, you never even told us what you want. You want to learn Zion mitzvahs? You want to come and have a workshop? What, what do you want? So the UN was set up in order to solve all these world problems. I'm not saying they did nothing. They certainly did something at the very early stage. Some cynics want to say that's the only thing they ever did. And you could darshan l'shvach l'ganai, but they voted in a certain uh, Medina that's sitting on the map of half of Eretz Yisrael, and some say that therein lies the nace. That's all they were created for, and you see, because they never did anything else. And others say that uh, the Mice of Sutton, they were only created for this, and they did nothing else. Either way, they were only created for that, and they did nothing else. However, you learn that. But, hello, Doverhu, they talk, uh, and it's not really a Maltataina if they only have one agenda after that one Misa from 1948, and all they do is they criticize the thing they created. That's all they seem to do. So, okay, there are a lot of anti-Semites in the world. So we know that. Now they're all sitting around the table. And they get involved in some other conflicts that don't get involved or try to condemn, but they can't because the Security Council is made up of the people that are trying to condemn. That's a new problem, but a problem. Um, you couldn't, uh, I didn't plan any of this for the shear, but this is the parallel of the Pussy. And they're discussing it. So do we believe hashkafically that we should try to discuss it? Yes. The fact that it might be a Bachavot Allah, try anyway. So we're not against that, per se. I hear people complaining, why are they bothering to talk for it? It doesn't do anything. Most of the time it doesn't do anything, but maybe it could do something if it saves any lives, and that's good. If you use it in the right way and don't spend all your time and energy condemning the wrong people, which uh, for this building in Manhattan, they seem to have that issue in a very big way. And right now they're uh, preoccupied with a different issue, which is a big issue is they can't move. They can't do anything because of the way it's set up. Okay, but they're trying. I'm not here to defend them. I'm just saying that halachically, 
if you start a war, he didn't start this, but even if you go fight, you should try to sue for peace and find out what's going on because fighting is dangerous and somebody can get killed, Rahman And he's going to try very hard. You see his sitkus, you see his attempts in terms of his diplomacy. He's a very smart person. No one's taking that away. Yiftuch Badeiro in terms of his lack of chashivas um, and his learning and his ideas of Shasam Peskim is one thing. He's smart and he's trying and he knows Chumash well. Even if the things he's sending, some of Hashem say everything here was sent with Ruach HaKadosh, printed in the Pasuk, like he's uh, speaking for the Dvar Hashem, which would explain how he knew so much, is written incredibly well, and was set over incredibly well, uh, promptly ignored, as we expect, but at least attempted, and he has a thorough knowledge of what happened to Klai Yisrael from the time they left Mitzrayim, and who they did attack and who they didn't attack. We're going to have a beautiful Chazar over here. And he's going to try to spell out Rachel Bitzchah Katana to Melech Amun. He says, what's your problem? We didn't attack you. We didn't take your land. And you got it all wrong. Which is usually, as we're seeing now, it's uh, unfortunately a wonderful parallel. Because the argument ultimately in the world stage is right now and will be what the history was. And one side is going to make up most of the history, if not all of it. That's what's going on. The other part of the history they didn't make up in this example we're comparing it to is that the country they're invading and trying to take over was once part of their greater motherland. Many times over, back and forth. It's not the first time they had a war like this. So that part's true. The rest of it is highly uh, debatable. And over here, this is part of Chubbish. So this is 100% embassy. He's writing it down. He's saying, saying over history that was only 300 years ago. And the world knows it. And Melech Amen knows it, and he's going to send Shlichem back. Talk of propaganda. You don't know in this matzah today. We see it. You don't know whether to laugh or cry because it's dead serious. And the things are so fantastically... Chalimus uh, would be a good description. Like, how can you say it with a straight face? The answer is he trained many, many decades to say these things with a straight face. That's the, the evil art of it. And Amman's going to do the same thing. Just this time, it's directly against Klai Yisrael, not collateral damage. Remember the Rome spoke about the Nebuchadnezzar eating the wine? Yes. Yeah. So, so this is, it's all in Tanakh. I'm just saying, you just want to know current events and what's going to happen tomorrow, just look in Tanakh. You'll be able to, uh, you don't need uh, CIA intelligence for this. It's, so he's going to explain, and it was just 300 years ago, it's not ancient history to them. 300 years ago, uh, the bicentennial was in 76, Limus Burm, if you remember correctly. It's like 100 years before that, they already started wearing those funny hats and the, the, the colonists were here already. This is not ancient history. You can go to Gettysburg, you can go to... Uh, there are places you can go right here in the Hudson. Uh, this is uh, pretty familiar. So he's trying to just do a quick chazar from Melech Amman in case he has some ministers and advisors who aren't aware or don't want to admit it. So, with that background, Yudbeis, V'yishlach yiftach malachem el malach b'nei amalemar, ma'li v'lach ki basa elayli lachem b'artzi. Is that pretty clear? Ma'li v'lach, what is your problem? What do you have against us? You're coming to attack us. State your purpose over here. We're going to read a few more psukim and then go to the copies. I wanted to show you the beginning of his dialogue to show you how chashav he was and how well he's going to do this. He's not just a warrior. He's 
a very, very capable diplomat, a big maimin, and he's just going to quote Chumash. He actually sends people there. We wouldn't volunteer for that job that quickly, by the way. So you say, well, in the civilized world, uh, they take shlichem into the Melech's court. They're not going to do anything to them, would they? You're assuming Amman is civilized. But right now he's talking. So we knew this was coming. So I just warned you. He says, what's your problem? Why are you here? And why are there 190,000 troops about to invade? And he said, you took my land. They're in Avra Yardim. A lot of Yidden over here. Speaking of the UN, they seem to be rubber stamping this uh, taina of our, some of our cousins in the Middle East who are saying the same thing. And he says, you came out of Mitzrayim and on your way to Eretz Yisrael, you took the whole thing. Basically, Melech Amun is trying to claim that I'm not only the Melech of Amun, I'm the president of Transjordan also, and you're sitting on my land. A taina that's been repeated many times throughout history. And he gets the delegation, he receives them, listens to them, and he sends a letter back, document, and I'm sure they set up I'll pay also. He says that, this is not Gaiva. He wants to know, he just assumed the mantle of leadership. There was no President Yiftach before. So he sends him a letter, I'm in charge over here. If you think that you're going to attack Klai Yisrael, nobody cares because no one's in charge, which is the original reason why they attacked. Klai Yisrael never had a standing leader until they needed one. So he said, I'm here now. And understand, Yiftach had a reputation in this area of Eva Yardin already as a man you didn't necessarily want to start up with. So he starts the letter, I'm talking to you now. If you think that you're going to talk your way out of this and then send your troops and attack us, think again. And he had to say this because until now he wasn't officially in charge. So he's letting him know, I'm in charge, that's why I'm sending this delegation. And I also have an army. He says, that's absolutely ridiculous. You made that up. We didn't take any of your land. And he's going to go on to explain why that's so. Now, we're gonna, I'm going to go to the copies now. We're going to save that for the next week and maybe the week after. He's got to explain that because if you read Chumash too quickly, which is never a good idea at all, you can look at Kleisel moving around the Midbar, and every time they wanted to pass by a land, they always asked nicely, can we walk through? We'll buy Coke, falafel, pizza. You'll make a lot of money. Whatever you want, we're just passing through. And if you remember, every time they asked... The anti-Semites already were interested in destroying Klai Yisrael before they got into Yisrael. And they said, absolutely not, you're not stepping in here. And some of them just said no, and some of them came out to attack. And you had Edom, and you had Sicha, and you had a... And they were forced to fight. Sometimes they just went around and Hashem didn't want them to fight, and that was the Pasuk Setzel Beferish. And sometimes they were forced to fight and they demolished them. And they ended up taking over lands. That's how they got Avery Yardin in the first place. And those lands they took over, none of them had a first or last name that had anything to do with Amun. And he's going to explain that very clearly. He said, I didn't take your land. You lost wars long before we came here to other people, and we took their land. So Melech Amun is a genius in geometry. He's using the transitive property. A equals B, and B equals C, so A equals C. He said, that's in geometry. He's trying to explain this to him. He said, you lost the war, 
Um, this has no shaykhs to you, and it's not your country. We didn't conquer you. This is, I know what you're talking about. That's not what happened. That's going to be a pretty important argument. The apostle is going to explain clearly which country that was, and we're going to get into a question for some odd reason. Many people have asked me in the last couple of days, can I review the Machlekes of Sam Seyfin that it's Siv, our country is allowed to attack other countries and take them over. I don't know why people happen to ask me that in the last couple of days, but we will uh, touch upon it and review it. Uh, it's an important machlekes, yeah. Yes, so the, so you notice, so you notice that we, we keep, we're going to be switching off, and yes, there are similarities, and the, both of them are different in a certain way, but not different enough to make the claim that you took our country. It's this is Sugi and Gittin, which Melech Amon obviously didn't learn, and Yiftach obviously did. That's what I'm pointing out over here. Yiftach knew all this, and he knew you got to learn this with Rashi, with the Sugi and Gittin. Tir Basichan means, Sichan attacked Amon. That had nothing to do with us, predated us, not our fault, and then we didn't even want to fight Sichan, and he attacked us, so what are you going to do? So he ended up taking over. And now you're claiming that no, that was originally ours and you have nostalgia for your original homestead. Uh, we're sorry, but that wasn't your land when we attacked it. This is a halachic issue. But occasionally, again, I, I, I'm just uh, talking about in the future with Malachim, etc. But with Amnabov. Amnabov has a different thing that we're not trying to attack them in the first place and we're not trying to deal with them that's exactly what he's not trying to deal with us either he's trying to tell them go home get your troops out of here and don't attack it has nothing to do with us there's no dinner to firm. and I'm is coming claiming which is always the claim by a war you took our land okay so that as I said that sounds eerily familiar and uh, <laughs> the question is what do they know you know it gets to the point that you, you can't that's why I mentioned the propaganda before it's hard for me to figure out how do you lie so well with a straight face? So, if you're a Russia, you could do a lot of things. We have our cousins in the Middle East have been doing that for decades, making up all sorts of things. There's also a point, you keep repeating the same thing over and over and over. I gotta believe that they start to believe it also. That's the danger over here. So, uh, that could be part of the story. Yes? So, from, from Amun's standpoint, though, why would it matter how it if they're saying that this is our ancestral homeland, yeah. and we want it back. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so I'll like, answer. It's a good question. Like, you know, when, 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 the, when, the, when the original Zionists wanted Israel and the Arabs were there and everybody else... The Zionists like, have a... Well, you know, we didn't take your land. Okay, so let me, let me explain that. I, I understand. You, you know, can so work so for the UN. You feel we're going to give you a seat on the Security Council. I understand the question. I've heard it before. Right? <laughs> the, answer, the answer is simple. There's only one rule on earth, and that is the rule of HaKadosh Baruch and what it says in the Torah. What's the din? That's why the Chassam Seyfan Etziv, which we've discussed a lot, but it seems we need a quick uh, refresher, uh, talks about what happens when a guy conquers another guy, and is there kivish mochama, l'chathchila, b'dieved, b'dieved, there is kivish mochama, that's the key over here, l'chathchila is the machlekes. B'dieved, it's clear that if um, Iraq uh, conquers Kuwait, and they hold it, it's now Iraq. And that's the din. And the Goyim of yesteryear lived by that. That's all they did all day, is conquer each other. There was nothing else to do. That's the godless of football, baseball, hockey, is that now that just do it in the rink and just you know, stay in the stadium. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, it says great in context. You can, um, last night in Passaic, so, somebody, yeah, somebody threatened to take five minutes of the shear and send it somewhere else. I said, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, so uh, you got to play the whole thing. But it's much better that they're in the stadium than running around the rest of the world because when they run around the rest of the world, you see what happens. So um, we have to build more stadiums for them and make sure we stay out of them. That's the only uh, rules. So I added that in. So... When it comes to Klai Yisrael, all that should have been true, but we have a Pusik or two or three or ten or twenty in the Chumash, it keeps repeating that Hashem, for the first Rashi, down to the end of Dvarim, that Hashem gave Eretz Yisrael to Klai Yisrael, and that's unconditional. It's conditional on our doing mitzvahs, otherwise we get thrown out, unfortunately. But that doesn't mean we uh, lose the ownership and it lapses. It means we have gullus, but we got to come back. And that's pretty ikr to Yiddishkeit. And we don't expect them to agree with that. Well, Their response is not a surprise. No, no, so you can. Because that last part is just, answer your second question from the Security Council, is why do we have a claim if it was conquered and reconquered many times? So the Kivish Muhammad works. The answer is it always works, except for Klai Yisrael, the Amanivcher and Eretz Yisrael. And that's 50 psukim. I'd say that quite clearly. Everybody else, the fallback position is if you conquer, it's yours. And if you start going back, nothing belongs to anybody. You've got to figure out that it was already conquered nine times, so you're going to give it back. So the Romans are going to come and say, we just formed the new uh, Roman Empire, and all of Europe is sitting on our land. Can you please move over? And that won't work. It says, no, we're France now, and we're Italy now, and it's a separate sovereign country, and it's ours. Now, you have to be able to put up a fight to keep that claim, but that's a new fight. So if you don't like that answer, Italy or Russia, then you've got to bring troops and fight your way in. Is that l'chadchila? It's never good. Is it l'chadchila? It's only b'dyeve. But if you fight and you take over, then it's yours. That doesn't apply to Yisrael, but the Pusik says it doesn't apply. Amun, and Amun knew this. They don't have to know terror for this. The rules of international engagement. Countries are always taking over other countries three or four or five times over, and you're five countries down, five different nationalities. Nobody went back to the original one. If they had a nostalgia and they want to back to homestead, they had to get an army and attack from scratch and take it over again. You want to do that? You could do that. But not for Klai Yisrael. Remember, halachically, Eva Yardin was part of Eitz Yisrael now. Some small nafkaminas, is it Erez of Vash to be Eitz certain mitzvahs? Should they have stayed there? Was it the best idea? Is it better to be in Eitz Yisrael? Had a din of Eitz Yisrael now. It's too late. And Yiftach is going to send that message very clearly. I see this is a yes. <laughs> That's another problem which they made up. Yes, they were never there. It's certainly not theirs. And the Turks aren't asking for it yet. So, the Turks, the Turks, the Turks, that's recent history. But it's gone, even if it's Kivish, they'd have to fight for it, which we hope they don't do. Yeah, okay. So, it's a, it did, the most recent history is not the Turks, by the way. It's the Brits. If they want it back, that's all they need. They left for a reason, because this became not worth it. The only mile of holding an empire is if you can buy a lot of tea cheap and ship it all over the world. Otherwise, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> so it became the law of diminishing returns, basically. Yeah? Yeah, but he's going to prove it. We're not finished. He's going to show. 
was his havamina was that it, they were conquered by Sichon. However, the Pagash was that it was ours to begin with. No, it might not have been yours. It might have been another 60 countries that owned it beforehand. And whoever has it now owns it. Right, but he was coming to say, like, you know, you took it from me. He knew very well he did. That's why I invoked the transitive property and geometry. <laughs> he was claiming... A equals B equals C. He says, you didn't take it out directly. But he didn't spell it out, but you know and I know that you know, 500 years ago it was ours. It's totally irrelevant. Of course. Yeah, so, the Sukikin. <laughs> that, that's not, you can only say that when that is backed up by the circumstance. That's not what happened over here. Kleisel didn't even exist yet. They were conquered. They didn't give up the land because, oh, you know what, we're going to give it to Sichon and wait till Klaisol conquer Sichon and get it from them. Your application wouldn't apply over here because they had no clue Klaisol was even going by here. Klaisol didn't know they'd have to fight Sichon. So they can't claim that over here. They claim I gave it over to him because I wanted to give him my argument that I'd win with him. Like Absolutely not premeditated. They didn't even know. They're missing all the information because Klaisol didn't even have the information. So it's not Nagea. I thought I was going to start the sheets. Uh, we're going to go to the uh, Pelagias because we're out of time. So give back the sheets intact, and we will hopefully next week get to Yiftach Bedeiro, and uh, Tzaddik will have to change that title, as uh, should have been guaranteed as soon as I handed it to you. But it'll be more contemporary sounding. Let's go to the Pelagias. As I keep reminding everybody, don't get uh, lost or consumed by the news all day. If you learn everything B.E. and all the sugiyas, you'll have a better understanding of what's going on and a deeper historical understanding by the mushal. And it's not a mushal, it's real life, and it's uh, dangerous, but it's uh, incredibly nagea. Let's go to Reish Ayin Ches. Page Reish Ayin Ches. We're discussing how to give cover to people and the importance of giving cover to everybody, not just the people that it's perhaps rewarding to give cover to. You want to be on their side. You want to have friends. So Rebbe Mechabed Ashirim is the easier of the two. And the last paragraph we saw yesterday, which is the top paragraph of the page, in the old copies, top of Reish Ches, is the fact that the Mechabed Aniyim is not uh, easy often. And giving them money sometimes is easier than having the patience and being mechabed them. And therein lies the tzchus. And even if you're not giving money, just to befriend them, to build them up. And that doesn't only apply to aniyim in money, it applies to aniyim bedas. It applies to somebody who's shy, somebody who doesn't feel the popular, somebody you want to draw in. You have an opportunity to be able to give them a sipuk and a simcha. So the next paragraph, for Roy La Adam Shieba Midas Kainai Shumakhavev Esaniam Vakeshaisam to show this Avak Sivani Es Daka Eshkain. So what he mentioned yesterday in the second line on the page was Kiyamadli Amin Evian, a similar idea. The Kashbarhu is with the oppressed, with the Evian, with the Daka, that could be the Ruach, and you stand up for them, it's like you're standing up for the Shina. Besides the union to stand up when you do a mitzvah and giving tzedakah. If you do a shiritzen, shaladam zel kvaydai, the roi leireid le seidas kalechad veechad, 
since you have to take time to figure out what do they really want. And per our last discussion, when people are fighting and people are attacking, you always want to start with the question, what do you want? The answer is usually very elusive because they're not telling the truth. Or if they tell you the truth, it's something you can't give them. But that's when, you have a war. Here, on a day-to-day basis with people, it could be a mini-war, and you're trying to figure out why is the person picking on you, why is the person so boisterous, why is the person so insulting or condescending, or whatever you want, and you bump into people like that. So why are they doing that? So often they're doing that. It doesn't potter them for what they're doing. They should work on their midas, but they're doing it because they're missing in their self-esteem, and they're missing in whatever their perceived time is that people aren't giving them enough covered. And even though they have no right to do that, the easiest way out often, and you've got to be careful with this, is how much can you cater to a person who's really acting out in a bad way? Well, if he's a Russian and he's attacking everybody, you don't just keep pandering to that. That's correct. There is a point where you shouldn't do it anymore, otherwise the person never grows up. But Pellier says you've got a long way to go until you get to that point. And if you're ever Mesopic, which is most of the time in life, just be down the kaskos and say, he's got issues, I'll be nice to him. You can smother in a positive way anybody and enough love and enough friendliness that he'll just drop all his other airs that he has about him and just become a nice, normal person. And that could be done. So there are times it doesn't work, and sometimes you can't let him get away with it, but that's more rare on a personal basis. On a world stage, if the guy is uh, more than boisterous, he's um, hurting people, threatening to kill people, or causing havoc and destruction, then you can't say, well, he probably has low self-esteem. Why don't we talk to him? That, that uh, is not going to work if we're at that point of no return. Here, he's talking about individuals who are aniyedas, and therefore figure out what he needs and what he wants. And if you're in the face of other people, it'll end up, it's a hard thing to do, but it'll end up having a lot of residual benefits. You get a lot from the investment. This Tamachachem wasn't trying to push ahead of the line. He was just walking and... He didn't know who the Arizal was, and he walked in front of him. And as he's walking in front of him, so the, probably Talmidim saw this. That's how we know the story, and they were going to maybe mention something. Right away, the Arizal jumped on the opportunity to walk behind him like a Talmud of Rabbi, to go, and he doesn't have to tell him, no, I'm the Ari. He wouldn't say Arizal. He wouldn't be talking to him. I'm the Ari. I should be walking in front. It, it never even entered his mind. Why? <laughs> Could be even, Okay. Uh, so he walked quickly behind them even though had he known he would be more than happy to let him go first they were just missing information so if you're doing this because it's Ratzon Hashem then you'll be able to do it with other people and you're Makayim a lot of misses, but on the Chaver, and you could change people if you do it enough. The problem people have is very human is why should I let him get away with this? And he's a Balgaiva, and he's pushing his way around, and he's not being nice, and so why? So Peliyayit says very clearly the reason is, is you're doing, up to a point, you're doing Ratzon Hashem. 
So you have nothing to worry about, but you're not going to lose out with your covenant, like we spoke about yesterday with the Rachel Emanu giving over the Simanim. Chayecha Kaidman, it's a clear psak, and Chayesha Mishpat, she's not allowed to give away the Simanim. It has to be explained. Chayecha Kaidman, why should she give up? The whole thing is, we've seen it a thousand times. It's a pillar. Why should she give up coming into Clay's Hall? And what? She's going to be embarrassed. I'm sorry, but uh, it's not your fault. You're a pawn. It's our father's fault, and our father needs Yeshua and his Ruchniyat, which he did. And um, the father, our brother, well, what are you going to do? So I shall give up um, everything that I have coming to me. So indeed, why is that so? Forget the Chesh Mishpat Indian. Rachelimein, it was Rachelimein, she understood that uh, she doesn't fully understand. And it hurt, and it wasn't easy, but she understood, Bashir Hashem, right now, the Bizanis over here are not going to be proper. And what Hashem has in mind, it's not my issue right now. So that's a world event which has, that Nisayan has never been repeated. But in our day-to-day life, for our little people here, we have that Nisayan 25 times a day with all the people we deal with. So our immediate reaction, because we're humans, why should I step? The guy's doing the wrong thing. But just, maybe he's not doing the wrong thing. But even if he's doing the wrong thing, why should I uh, move over just because of it? So they have, they have issues. So why does that have to be my issue? So Peleas reminds us, Focus on Roy Lizar Bechvaid Melech HaKavid. There's only one question here. What does Hashem want you to do? And often your reaction, which might be correct on paper, is just going to cause more machlekes. It's going to cost you more time. So why don't you just step back, back away, and that'll be better for you and for him. And you get a lot of schayelolam haba, but it's better for you, Belamazah. That's a big yisait, but it's all about, like everything else in life, walking with the Shekhinah right in front of you. Because if you see, perceive the Shekhinah there, you'll understand that, oh, the message is, I've got to stop and think, what does the Shekhinah want? That's, that's the key to all mitzvahs. But Yerushalayim is built on having the Shekhinah in front of you all the time. And that's not so easy because we temporarily forget. Okay, Mitzvah Shem, we will continue next week. Kaltuv, Tov,